Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. On this solo cast episode, I talk about universal footwear sizing, or UFS for short, the idea of crowdfunding a 100% transparent company with the 2021 launch of TFC Footwear. Uh, I revisit the topic of ankle mobility and talk more about the ankle mobility solution uh, as a product that TFC is going to launch in 2020. I touch on an update about TFC app regarding uh, Android issues, and I finish by talking about transitioning to minimal footwear and changing your mindset when it comes to sitting. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed the exercise of organizing my thoughts about these concepts and recording this short 30-minute episode, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by TFC App. With an expanding global tribe of health nerds, we set out to create a platform that allows the tribe to share our learning journey with others and inspire people around the world to live a more natural lifestyle. A major goal with the app is to provide a platform for science-based education. The internet is a messy place these days, and when it comes to health, there's a lot of confusing opinions floating around. We're using the principles of science and, and some strict content guidelines to give you the most powerful and helpful information so you have the chance to reclaim optimal health yourself. The app is available now on iOS. Um, we had it on the Google Store, but we took it off, and Android users can use the, use the web version. Uh, all you have to do is search The Foot Collective, uh, or you can go to thefootcollective.com, click on the App tab, and there's a link there to download it. Uh, based on whatever device or um, platform you're using. So if you're on an iPhone, it'll direct you to the Apple Store. If you're on Android, it'll go direct you to the web version. Uh, the app is a perpetual work in progress, and our team is doing the best we can to resolve little bugs and issues that people are having. Uh, we appreciate your patience, and we look forward to continuing to evolve this platform into something that's super helpful and also keeping it free forever. Uh, if you find it helpful or want to support us, please rate the app on the App Store. It really helps us out. This episode of The Audio Project is also brought to you by the Roasters Pack. Our team at TFC Head Office are big fans of coffee before 10 a.m. And this Canadian company provides a unique service. Um, it's subscription-based that delivers you three great coffees to your door each month and gives you the story behind the craft roasters that each of the beans come from. Check out theroasterspack.com, use the code FOOT at checkout, and you'll get 7 bucks off your first month of any subscription, which actually, they start at 27 a month all in, including shipping and taxes. So it ends up working out to less than a buck per cup. And if you're a coffee lover, these are some awesome beans with great stories behind them. Lastly, this episode is sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear to and from events. They make super high quality, professional grade hard cases in Canada, um, and they keep your electronics safe during travel. So check out their stuff at nanuk.com, nanook.com. That's it for sponsors. Let's dig into this episode. I hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. On this solo cast episode, I'm going to talk about some interesting concepts being worked on at TFC right now, uh, including universal footwear sizing, or UFS for short. The idea of crowdfunding a 100% transparent company with the 2021 launch of TFC Footwear. Uh, we're going to revisit the topic of ankle mobility and talk about the ankle mobility solution, or AMS for short, which TFC is working on. Uh, I'm going to give a progress update about TFC app, and we're going to finish by talking about transitioning to minimal footwear and changing your mindset when it comes to sitting. So, you know, really the goal with SoloCast is to share thoughts on topics and keep people in the loop with things we're working on at TFC. Uh, I got great feedback on the last episode, and I hope you find them informative, helpful, and interesting. Uh, and I intend to keep recording them and maybe do them more often if people keep listening. 
So first topic to talk about today is universal footwear sizing or UFS for short. And this is a concept we're refining at TFC that prevent that, that essentially aims to deliver a real solution to the current problem when it comes to footwear sizing. Uh, you know, our team's been thinking of creating our own footwear for a long time. And, you know, we have notebooks of ideas that we're now starting to unpack and refine for the journey leading up to the 2021 release of TFC footwear. Now that we have more resources to work with, we're going to be spending 2020 doing the planning that we need to do to launch, uh, hopefully, a disruptive company in 2021. And one of those concepts getting unpacked is a standardized sizing system. You know, purchasing footwear today is a major pain. Um, you know, we see it daily through TFC Shop where we sell footwear both in person in our Ottawa store and also online. And, you know, there's different sizing systems. There's USA, European, UK, men's, women's, juniors. It's just a really confusing space and we feel that it really doesn't have to be. So, you know, on top of that, each individual company has slight differences in how they make their footwear and how how each of their models fit. So it's a really, it's a tough space and I think a lot of the error uh, in terms of people returning shoes that don't fit very well. Um, you know, finding the, the right size doesn't have to be impossible, but we need to have a standardized measuring system. And, you know, when it comes to forward sizing, we want to help create that new standard. Um, you know, a universal sizing system that's intuitive, that's simple, that allows anyone basically with a ruler and a pencil to determine their shoe size. Um, Japan actually has something pretty close to that. It's the closest thing we've seen to a logical system, but we feel that even that system can be improved. Um, and when it comes down to footwear sizing, you only need really two measurements. Um, one is the distance from the middle of the heel to the tip of the big toe. So that's the length. And then the second one is the measurement from the outside of the big toe to the outside of the little toe when there's a little bit of space created between each of the toes. Because that's really, you know, our goal should be to get back to a natural foot shape, which requires a bit of space between each of the toes. So we recommend measuring with uh, a pair of spreaders on um, and maybe bumping down a tiny bit to make sure you don't have too much room. But it's important to give yourself the opportunity to re-expand your foot. And so that's important. So length and width, that's really what the universal footwear sizing system is about. Um, it was something that we initially, you know, UFS was something we plan to initially use internally with TFC footwear. But we realized that really this is something that should be the gold standard for footwear companies uh, to help create a better consumer experience, to help create more clarity. Um, but also for the manufacturers, it will reduce the amount of shoes you get returned if you're really transparent and make sizing very, very simple and convenient. Um, so, you know, we once UFS is polished, uh, we actually plan to start a digital petition over social media to see if we can spread the concept and get some big footwear companies listening and hopefully implementing it. Uh, when we launch TFC footwear in 2021, we're going to be using UFS as our gold standard. Uh, and we're going to be starting with 10 lengths um, for footwear, so 10 sizes to start. And we're going to offer two widths in the five most common sizes. So, you know, shortly after that, the plan is to expand into kin si kids sizes, which is an extra five um, five lengths, and then to include half sizes and more widths, just gradually increase over time. So eventually we can cover the full spectrum of human feet and offer different widths with the eventual plan being three different widths available in every single shoe, um, in every single adult shoe at least. Um, once UFS is ready, we're going to be asking everyone um, using TFC app to enter their UFS size. So for example, mine is 2812. 
so 28 length, 12 width. Um, and as more and more people enter the data into the app, we'll be able to determine the optimal length to width ratios to start with. And we have kind of this plan to revise our lasts, the, the, the shape that we use to shape the footwear every six months as more data comes in. So as more people submit their UFS size, we're going to be able to update the way that we're creating footwear to cater to as many different sizes as possible. Um, anyway, we're really excited about that. And that's universal footwear sizing or UFS. Next up is I want to revisit ankle mobility because this is something that our team has started to spend more time looking at. Uh, you know, ankle mobility issues are something we get a lot of questions about um, all the time. And our team has officially begun working on a human software algorithm, which basically is just a series of instructional videos uh, to be offered as an ankle mobility solution. It's going to be paired up with a beam, which will be the hardware component of it. And it'll be offered at TFC shop in early 2020. So we'll talk about a few AMS components in a minute, but I want to go over what we consider to be a really powerful general algorithm for resolving your ankle problems or your ankle mobility issues. Okay. So these four things, if done with consistency, should clean up. Um, we're highly confident that they will clean up your ankle mobility issues. The hardest part is just actually implementing them. So number one is switching to flat shoes. Okay, if you have your heel elevated all day, it's messing with a lot of your movement patterns. But when it comes to the ankle specifically, it steals away your dorsiflexion. So go to flat shoes, you automatically have the opportunity to express optimal ankle dorsiflexion on a daily basis when you're moving, standing, walking, very powerful, yet very simple. Okay, number two is restoring hip extension and stability. So if your hips can't extend, then your calves need to do way more work and constantly get tight. Right? If your glutes don't work to extend your hip, then your calves start to do the work of your glutes and they get really, really tight. Uh, also, if you have poor hip stability, your brain essentially keeps your calf constantly engaged in order to protect your ankle. Right, So if the hip can't stabilize and protect the ankle from injury, your brain says, uh-oh, that's a problem, engages the calf, keeps it turned on 24-7 um, in order to protect the ankle from being unstable and you know the hip extension and the hip stability issues both those things need to be addressed in order for long-term progress so that's number two number three is calf tissue work so that's a pretty simple one you got to spend time unlocking those tight calves you know once you've gotten rid of the reason that the calves are tight which is you know hip extension hip stability going to flat shoes to lengthen out those tissues then calf tissue work can then become effective but if you do just do calf tissue work alone you end up you know, covering up, you know, making brief progress a lot of times, but you're not actually fixing why the calves are tight in the first place. So oftentimes you have to continuously do calf tissue work. And that's a hint that you're not actually changing the root cause of the problem. And then the fourth element is spending time every day at the end range of your ankle mobility to help open up some space to help stretch the capsule um, and just get yourself back to the, the level of mobility that you need to be able to move like a human. Right. The goal here is not to have like super bendy elastic angles that have unlimited mobility is to have enough mobility to let you do, you know, these default human movement patterns uh, without a problem, without having to compensate upstream. And it's really all about progressive adaptation. There's no miracle solution for your ankle mobility problem. OK, you probably spent several decades tightening up your ankles, so it won't take you that long to get it back, but it really does take a deeper look. And that's why we feel the ankle mobility solution um, can be a very very powerful tool for people to use. Um, it's going to be a map, but it doesn't do the work for you, right? We'll give you a map and a compass, but you need to put in the work to get to the destination. Okay, so a couple things that we're excited uh, about with the AMS. It's still um, conceptual and hasn't really been polished or refined, but um, 
The ankle mobility solution is going to offer a hardware component, which will probably be a 12 inch beam, uh, or you can upgrade to something longer. The software component is going to be videos explaining why ankles get tight, how to troubleshoot them, how to screen your ankles so that you can detect your own progress, how much ankle mobility is enough, how to implement daily habits to help restore your ankle mobility, the role that calf tissue work plays, a menu of options that you can commit to going from literally two minutes a day all the way up to 15 minutes a day for people who really want to improve quicker and, and get into it um, a lot more and commit a lot more. Um, in terms of pricing, it's going to be based on our perceived value of the solution. You know, how much is restoring ankle mobility worth to you? Um, I personally know patients that have literally spent thousands of dollars on physio visits and still haven't resolved the problem sustainably. Obviously, that's not what we're going to charge, but we need to charge enough that we can constantly have people working to improve the software and refining it over time. Um, the price will probably reflect the cost of a few physio visits uh, based on the price here in Ottawa, on the average cost, um, and a small margin charged on the hardware. So one thing we really are going to insist on offering um, is a 100% money back guarantee. So if you send us back the hardware anytime, um, then we refund you for your purchase. Because, you know, I really think that if someone truly implements this and is ready to change and implement it, it will work. Um, it, it's going to require some patience and definitely going to require a lot of work and consistency. But if it doesn't work for you, it's probably because you didn't put in the work. And I don't think it's fair to have people pay for something that they're not benefiting from. So you send us back the hardware, we refund you. Um, you know, this is hopefully we can align this with a lot of our different products where um, if you don't perceive value from it, then you don't have to pay for it. Um, and so we just have to work that out. So, you know, the goal is, like I said, to constantly improve the AMS based on people's feedback on how effective and actionable the guidance is and what kind of results they're getting from it. And hopefully we can have some good testimonials and good feedback posted within the app to let people know like this actually works if you put in the work. Um, our goal is to just give you all the information needed to sustainably clean up your ankle mobility and never have to get tight ankles again. And uh, so that's AMS, Ankle Mobility Solution. That's going to be coming at the start of 2020, um, offered as a product that combines hardware and software. Next up, uh, I want to talk about crowdfunding a transparent company. So we talked, I talked about it a little bit before, but the plan for TFC Footwear is not only to crowdfund our first footwear model, but it's also to crowdfund the company itself at the same time, right? We want to create a plan for what it's going to take in terms of resources. That includes, you know, human resources, financial resources, equipment resources, to be able to execute the creation of an amazing piece of footwear. Um, you know, we want to tell the world about the plan. And then if we get funded, we're going to recruit an insanely talented and obsessed project team to, to complete the project. Um, you know, what's going to be different? Well, the entire thing, if, thing if, if things end up going to plan, the entire thing is going to be fully transparent. And this is a core element uh, of this project because we feel that transparency is really what breeds accountability and trust. Um, you know, where the money's going, who's getting paid, how much the entire process is actually going to be recorded with video and audio, along with daily clips and vlogs posted from the team. You know, a, a person is going to be on the team dedicated to just media and keeping everyone who supported the project fully involved with its progress so that you're literally part of it instead of just, um, receiving a product at your door, you're going to know exactly every step we went through, every obstacle we dealt with, how we solved those problems. Um, and so, and keeping people involved as well with the entire design process, right? How we should change it, what it should look like, all this kind of stuff. Um, the initial group of people who funded the project will actually be, be considered the founding community. And we'll also be able to purchase that first model that we create at whatever it costs, 
um, to make it forever, right? So the first model that we make, we're going to keep in our product roster indefinitely as our just as our first model. It's going to constantly be improved. Obviously, the materials will be changed. Uh, economies of scale will allow us to produce it uh, for less, so we can lower the price, but also increase the quality as time goes on and, and troubleshoot it and improve it. And that first model, that founding model, can then be purchased by anyone who helped fund it um, for whatever it costs TFC to make it forever, right? There might be a limit of a couple pairs a year so that people aren't abusing that. But as a founder, you get to buy that shoe for its cost, whatever it costs us to make forever. And that I truly believe that we can make that um, make that happen. Uh, every person who purchases footwear will be able to purchase our best foot and ankle software at a heavily discounted rate. So whatever programs we have or whatever software services we have out there in terms of video programs for feet, for ankles, for hips is going to be made super, super cheap for people that buy footwear from us. The idea is if you support us by buying our footwear, we're going to support you by helping you understand how to best, how to get the most out of that footwear in terms of permanent solutions for your mobility, for your movement, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the entire project with TFC footwear is going to be a really cool experiment into what we call true cost footwear. When everything is transparent, responsible practices are used, responsible um, material sourcing is used um, to create a great product. How much does a good pair of shoes actually cost and what should the price be, right? And by letting people know exactly how much profit we make on each pair and where that profit is going, whether that's to pay the salary of people on the team or to invest into R&D, you know, the idea is, can we do this whole, can we crowdfund this whole project, this whole company without having to go to external investors that expect a big return and put a lot of unneeded pressure and also take away value from the end consumer, right? If you're funding a product, um, then you should be, you are the investor, right? You invest by backing a project and we just want to make it as convenient and as transparent as possible. So a lot more to come on this. And we're actually creating an app menu item within TFC app um, to keep everyone posted with updates along the way. Um, it's an important mission and we're really stoked about it. So that's January 2021 is going to be the launch of TFC footwear. And uh, we look forward to, to the journey. Next up, we're going to do a TFC app update. So whew, creating an app definitely has been a learning experience. You know, the amount of work that goes into designing and coding, even the simplest of features blows my mind. Um, and although the task hasn't been what I expected it to be, it's been a lot more challenging. Um, it was simply too important to not pursue. So the whole team has just kind of shown some really good grit and determination. Um, you know, having only started implementing conceptually the app in May, we've actually made some huge progress and are going to continue working every week to make it better as long as our resources permit us to do so. Cause it's actually way more expensive to keep an app online than I thought, but we're, we're making it work so far. Uh, the major thing I want to talk about today is Android issues. So a lot of people using Android devices have been reporting glitches and bugs with the app. And so I just wanted to talk about that just briefly. So this is something I didn't know, um, but our development and our coding team ha has kind of filled me in on why it's happening and why it's such a difficult problem to, to solve. So Android has about 17,500 different software versions out there, and each one can have its own specific issues related to how it communicates with the app. With the, with the coding that the app is done with. This creates a huge task of working to troubleshoot individual issues. And because of that, we've actually decided to direct Android users to using the web-based version of the app until we have the resources to be able to optimize the Android app version. So, you know, right now, 75%, over 75% of our users are using iOS. So we've optimized the app for that based on that data. Um, and most of our testing is focused on the iOS platform 
which only has about seven software versions instead of 17,000. So um, anyway, we'll be updating the page at thefootcollective.com dedicated to the app. So if you go to thefootcollective.com, click on the app tab on the menu. Uh, we're going to keep everyone updated as we continue working on the platform. And we appreciate everyone's patience as we continue doing our best with the small team that we have. Um, so if you go to the website, there's a link to download the app. And if you click that link on your computer, it'll bring you to the web-based version, which is a lot more stable, um, especially when you compare it to the Android version. So uh, the app is really new, has a long way to go, but we're in it long-term and we're just really committed to making an amazing free and powerful health education and community building platform. So we're working on it. It's getting there, uh, but we've got a long way to go. Uh, next up, I want to talk about transitioning to minimal footwear because I think this for a lot of people can seem like it's something that's very intimidating uh, and complicated, but in reality, it's actually immensely simple and it really resembles, you know, if you're committing to make this change going from supportive footwear, which if you give your foot support, your foot immediately gets weaker and less able to provide that support for itself. So support in shoes, not only is it not needed because you got all the parts and all the tech needed to do that for yourself between your hip and your foot and your brain. Um, but the more you use support, the less ability you have to do it yourself from your own machinery. Okay. So getting away from footwear that is supportive, getting away from footwear that is rigid, right? You got 33 joints in each of your feet. If they are not allowed to move because your shoes are stiff, stiff feet typically will turn into very weak feet, which will turn into feet that eventually become painful. And so getting out of stiff, rigid footwear and going to what we call natural footwear or human footwear, or some people call minimal footwear, right? Minimal is a bit of a misnomer because it's just less of the bad stuff, less of the support, less of the rigidity, but it doesn't eliminate it. And so we like the term natural footwear because it essentially reflects what is protection for your foot so you got to protect your foot from scrapes um, from cuts all that kind of stuff but you shouldn't be doing anything else in terms of impeding in it on its function and with tfc footwear we're going to be making function-based footwear that looks good um, that's the goal right but the primary goal is function and durable those two things are the most important protect your foot but don't affect it in any other way okay so when you're transitioning it's kind of like you're starting to do an activity for the first time so if you want to get um, strong if you want to build your pec strength so you're going to do a lot of bench press well the first time you go do bench press you're going to start very light maybe with just the bar so the first time you escape supportive footwear maybe you should just start by spending five minutes walking around your house right and to make the job even easier and to prep your feet because the truth is that natural feet function best completely naked completely bare right but the problem is most of us no longer have natural feet right natural feet are supple mobile strong able to orient themselves in a very stable position um, normal feet which have been shaped by prolonged periods of wearing you know non-human footwear or footwear that's really stiff and rigid um, and supportive which is most of the footwear that you can buy today um, has had consequences for our feet right our feet are weak they're stiff and they need to have a baseline level of reconditioning before we really start to push them. Okay, so starting by just walking around the house for five minutes barefoot, wearing some toe spreaders when you're moving around to help re-spread out the space between the toes, which is what should be there with natural feet and is actually how feet function optimally requires some space between the toes so that they can um, create a nice stable tripod position. Um, and using a lacrosse ball to just mobilize your foot, right? When you walk around barefoot, 
barefoot ambulation is actually the best way to improve your foot mobility and your foot strength. But there are some things like toe spreaders and using the lacrosse ball that can really help speed up that progress and get you closer to having natural feet that are then able to tolerate the loads in natural footwear. Okay, so before you run, make sure you spend a huge amount of time walking, right? Make your daily walking shoes and natural shoe before for like at least a month before you even think of going for a run. Um, right. Going for a run, escaping cushioned, um, supportive, rigid shoes and going directly for a run is like starting to bench press for the first time, loading up 400 pounds and thinking you should do that. It's not going to end well. It doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean bench pressing is bad. You just did too much too soon. So a good way to think about it is not too much, not too little. Listen to your body. This is really a, this very simple um, concept that I've been telling a lot of people is just Tune in to how your body feels, right? If you're sore, if your feet are killing you and you're really sore, maybe you did a bit too much or maybe you got a bit of extra tissue work or mobility work to do to better prepare you to be able to go barefoot for longer. Um, but it's really a matter of you being your own scientist, your own doctor. Only you get the direct feedback from your body. And so it's important for you to be able to interpret that and start to be able to understand that language instead of just going to someone else saying, oh, my feet hurt, what do I do? Well, that person doesn't know what you did to create that pain, doesn't know what kind of footwear you're wearing a lot of times. They don't even ask most of the time. And so transitioning to minimal footwear or, or natural footwear is a really simple thing. You just have to be patient. Don't do too much. Don't do too little and listen to your body and adjust accordingly. Okay, it's not a race. No one looked back and said, I wish I did that five times as quick and got injured 20 times. No one ever said that, right? Take it slow, especially with running. This is another big thing. When you get into running in natural footwear, for most people, you completely shift the way that you actually run. It's in a good way, right? You're, you're now forced to run like humans are adapted to run, which is without cushioning, right? We're not, we weren't, we're not supposed to have pillows on our feet, okay? And if anyone tells you that you should be running with cushioning, Maybe take it with a grain of salt and understand that the story that they've been told or that they believe in is not actually the truth. Because I think everyone can agree that, ten, you know, 5,000 years ago, 500 years ago, we didn't have padding covering our foot when we ran. We just didn't. And we did okay, right? Our natural machinery, our natural body parts do a really good job at managing impact load that comes from running, right? Your foot is a spring. Your Achilles tendon is this giant spring, giant elastic that's adapted to essentially absorb the impact of landing which running is a series of single leg jumps right don't don't get it twisted it's actually a very intense movement it's not bad for you but how you run can be really bad for you if you don't do it right and wearing padded shoes allows you to run and slam your heels in front of you which is completely unnatural would not be done if you didn't have the pillow on your heel right so we just need to get back to more natural running technique being a you know being able to run sustainably for the rest of your life without getting injured every year really revolves most importantly about how you run not about the shoes you wear right it's how you run that matters most right kipchoge can run in a heavily padded shoe because he still runs the way that he ran barefoot in kenya when he was growing up right so the shoe can become a performance enhancer for him to help him get a tiny bit more energy recycling but for the average person that puts a cushioned shoe on and sits all day and has a head that's shifted forward from spending a lot of time at a computer that becomes a massive massive obstacle to overcome and something that promotes a heel striking pattern which is super harmful it's why 75 percent of runners get injured every year is because they're just running like crap um and and getting back to natural running you know i think the biggest thing with going to natural footwear is that it doesn't give you the opportunity to heel strike and that's one of the biggest benefits it doesn't mean you're ready to go on your same 20 kilometer run without cushioning with this brand new running technique, 
but it does mean that that's the direction you should be shifting towards. And it usually, you know, we're going to have some sort of software program for runners. Um, you know, the, the pain-free or injury-free running solution, that's going to be something we're going to develop eventually, because I think it's hundred percent possible, just like the ankle mobility solution. That's going to be our first software product to kind of pilot it and, and see how it works and get the feedback and switch it up. Um, and eventually we want to do that with running as well. And also with the squat, um, Anyway, got off on a bit of a tangent there, but transitioning to minimal footwear, not too much, not too little. Listen to your body, start slow, be patient, go gradually. You will succeed and it will be so liberating to just be able to take your shoes off whenever you want without worrying like your, that your feet are going to hurt. I promise you, your body adapts quickly regardless of what your history was. So it's worth doing, but you got to be patient. The last thing I want to cover today is about changing your mindset when it comes to sitting. So we all know that sitting in chairs sucks for our body right? It's unnatural. We're not supposed to be doing it for as long as we are. We're not supposed to be doing it at all for the most part. Um, but I want to clear this up because it's really about shifting your mindset than it is about, oh, never sit in chairs because that's not a very good solution. So, you know, sitting in chairs is one of the biggest obstacles for people in terms of movement quality and joint mobility, especially when it comes to the hip. But here's the thing. It's not actually that sitting is bad. It's that static positions adopted for prolonged periods of time are bad. Sitting just happens to be the one that we consume most, sitting in chairs in particular, right? It's like saying, saying sitting is bad. It's like saying salt is bad. A bit of salt is okay. In fact, it's probably good for you. But if you eat a pound of salt, you're dead, right? You can sit in a chair. It's okay. But if you do it for 10 hours straight without moving, it's going to give you big problems, okay? So sitting really just means taking a break from gravity, and there's nothing wrong with that. We just need to expand our definition of sitting and start to include more options and understand how to engineer chairs out of the environment, right? There's over a hundred ground resting positions that all give you a way to sit and take a break from gravity without staying in a single position for too long. And that, and that doesn't feed into hip imbalances that come from chairs. So spending time on the ground is very powerful. So I think two things I want to mention as takeaways. Number one, make sitting variability convenient, right? Standing workstations are great, but for most people, have going beyond that and creating a variable position workstation is much better than just a standing workstation. Because if you do a one for one swap, I sit for 10 hours. Now I just stand in one spot for 10 hours without moving. It's not a very good swap. You just have, you literally just added one element, which is more gravity and you're probably going to get even more messed up. So we need to understand that variability is really the solution, right? Uh, at home, put a yoga mat on the floor in front of your couch and start by spending 15 minutes a day on the floor. It doesn't even matter what position you use, to be quite honest. The key is just that you're gonna be dynamic and unable to adopt the chair position, right? I use this thing called a gorilla mat um, in the office and in my home. Basically, it's a yoga mat on steroids. It's much bigger, it's a bit thicker. Um, it gives me a great place to read, throw around some kettlebells without crushing the floor, do some mobility work. Um, and we're actually working with Gorilla to give uh, the TFC community a, uh, a discount. You know, I kind of contacted them and said, listen, you have a great product. It's been really durable. I use it every day. Um, I believe it's gorillamats.com and we have the code TFC tribe. Um, and I'm trying to work. I don't know if right now it gives a customer discount, but I just emailed them and we're going to make sure that it gives some sort of discount to our community. Uh, hopefully it's 10% off. So anyway, gorillamats.com, they'll probably be a podcast sponsor in future, but TFC tribe will be the discount code. Uh, and hopefully by the end of today, I can get that sorted out so that it gives everyone a 10% discount on any of their mats. They come in a variety of sizes, super powerful, um, and, uh, and really durable and they protect your floors. But the key here is 
it makes sitting convenient if you have these big mats on floors the floor is no longer hard it's welcoming it's inviting if you put it in front of your couch you can literally make sitting on the floor on this gorilla mat more convenient than sitting on the couch which is a very powerful thing to shift and who knows maybe eventually that couch doesn't need to be there anymore because it's less movement space available so the first one is make sitting variability convenient the second one is and this is really really important don't underestimate the power of small habits that you do consistently, right? So when you say spending 15 minutes on the floor every morning or every, every evening, someone's going to be like, well, that doesn't do anything. I still sit a lot at work. Yeah, but you started the pattern of change, right? And, and actually 15 minutes every day, if it's done consistently, can be immensely powerful. It really can in terms of restoring joint mobility and core function, right? Like this is how babies learn how to move. They learn by by moving around on the ground, sitting on the floor. It's what triggers their brain to use all these deeply ingrained slings of muscle, uh, coordinate their core, stack their joints, generate stability. And you just don't get that when you sit in a chair. So, you know, make sitting convenient and don't underestimate the power of starting small. Because guess what? The best change you can make is not necessarily... Um, the change that will give you the biggest results. It's the change that you're actually going to consistently be able to do long term, right? And that might mean two minutes on the floor per day, whatever it is, pick your pick your menu item that you're willing to accept and commit to, and just keep the pattern going, be consistent with it, and you'll see very powerful changes. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that solo cast. Um, thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you found the topics interesting and applicable. Uh, you know, if you enjoy the podcast or TFC app, uh, we appreciate it immensely. If you rate them, um, I, I, it's one of those things where I hate it when people mention this, but now I get it. It's, it's how we grow the listenership. It's what allows us to keep spending the time and the effort to do these things, uh, and hopefully do them more consistently. So thanks for listening. Um, uh, much love and have a great day and we'll catch you next week.